0: The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with your host, Gail Dobie and Aaron Weir, co-founders of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. Welcome. And thanks for joining us today. I'm your co-host, Aaron Weir. And today, Gail Dobie and I are going to chat about the crystal ball that at times we wish we had in seeing the future of our business, which also leads to the attributes needed for entrepreneurs just like you to survive unprecedented times, how to have short-term plans and long-term vision, and how to use your creativity for problem solving. But before we get started, we'd like to share how you can connect with us. Head on over to our website at gailw.com to learn more about the experiences we offer and to check out our latest blog posts. Be sure to follow gale.W on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn as well.
1: This conversation today should be an interesting one. Erin and I have been in business together for many, many years at this point. And one of the things we've talked about so many times is about not having a crystal ball. So if you're joining us today and you don't know our story, we'll be sure and have you go back and hear our very first episode so you can hear how we got started in business. But one of the things that has happened since we've been in business for 15 years at this point is that we have had many challenges that have happened to our business or to the team members. For example, we had a team member that got cancer. Another team member's husband got cancer within that same period of time. We had Aaron went through a divorce. We had 2008. We have had COVID, civil unrest, and hurricanes. So I think we have covered a lot of ground over these last 15 years. and. We're going to talk a little bit today, Erin and I, about how this has impacted us and what to do to survive all of these things because we don't have a crystal ball. So Erin, I'm glad you and I have been through this together. It has been an interesting journey and one that I would not want to go through without you.
0: Well, same, Gail. And I just have to share on the crystal ball idea. I can't tell you how many conversations we've been in lately, whether it's about an upcoming event partnering with someone, trying a new marketing strategy. And we're, it just keeps coming up. Like If we only have the crystal ball to know what's going to happen this fall, we only have the crystal ball to know what the real estate business is going to do. And I have to share that just the other day, I was helping a good friend of mine with an estate sale. And so she's been going through some items that were her parents and, you know, some items are really cool and groovy and some items are just kind of like odd. And you kind of wonder why that ever uh, showed up on that person's doorstep. But I found this ball. And I don't know if you remember, Gail, but there used to be these glass globes that on the inside had these gorgeous roses or flowers and then they went ahead just for good measure to fill it with water and then set it on on something i'm not sure i don't i don't even know if i was alive during the time that those were out but i found this crystal ball (laughs) i found this crystal ball and i said kathy look and and she's like oh yeah we can we can send that off to Ark. that can go to goodwill and i was like but it could be your crystal ball so (laughs) just i always have to have a visual of what we're talking about so that's that's what pops in my head right now
1: Well, I I can appreciate that. And here's what I think, honestly, that most people have this, maybe a dream that you could have a crystal ball, but there is no such thing. And I think we are meant to have challenges in our life that come to us. And as Dr. Benjamin Hardy talks about, things happen for us and not to us. And so all of these things that we're going through, it's just part of life. And we have to figure out how to deal with that, which we're going to talk about in a second, which is how do you survive all of this? And what are the attributes you need to have? Let's talk about the impact of what it does to people when they're not sure what to expect and something really not so great happens.
0: So, Gail, I think that The first impact that happens to a lot of people when something happens to us that we're not ready for, that we absolutely don't see coming, and it is just a hard hitter, is to freeze. It could be emotionally freezing. It could be that it just feels like nothing else is happening in your world. People are talking to you. People are trying to work with you. People are trying to love on you. And you can't even see what's happening because you're just frozen. It's like everything else has silenced around you.
1: I think something about that is similar to going through the grieving process. I think you have to go through that. And as you're going through that, you're going to have some moments of denial. I think denial is certainly where I started when we (laughs) went through this a few months ago. But to me, it's really about if you have those moments of denial, you have to move past those very quickly, especially if you are an owner of a business. You have no time to sit there and feel sorry for yourself or worry because that will not solve anything. And I know one thing that you talked about just a day or so ago is about losing focus or having your focus change. So, talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, definitely um, when I was going through my divorce, Gil was definitely one of my biggest friends and mentors during that time. And Not just because of the time that we had had together, but I knew that I could trust her. And I knew the wonderful part about it and the whole thing was that she helped me see that light at the end of the tunnel each day because it was a day-by-day process that I was going through. There were days of emotion. There were days of lack of focus. And she could see like a bigger version of me than I could see in myself at that moment. Actually, that's kind of always been a consistent thing with Gal. She's always seen a bigger, better version of me than what I'm showing up today, which, you know, of course, always helps me to keep working towards my future self. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, you know, I, I came at a time when I had lost focus and I knew that I had lost focus. I was still going through the motions every day of of trying to you know manage the team and manage the different projects that we had going on. But Gail could see it inside of me that I wasn't the Aaron that she was used to working with. And part of that was just the stress and the, um, you know, the emotional toll that I was going through at that time. And what really helped was for someone outside of myself to recognize that I needed help getting refocused. I needed some tools, I needed some support and I needed some encouragement that I could do it. And, you know, I was still chiming along. I was still getting things done, but just not in the way and with that joyful heart that I usually do them in. And so I remember uh, one day I was like, you know, I think we need to chat with somebody. I've set up a phone call with us and I don't know if she she would be considered a business coach or... I don't know, a business consultant, something to that realm. Of course, I'm acting like I don't even know what that means. And that's exactly what we are. So that's kind of funny. But we set up a phone call with this woman and she really helps you figure out the best ways to be productive. And just having that moment where Gail was there by my side, sharing a tool and a resource with me that would help me find my priority list again it would help me find my focus for my 8 to 5 again it was so rewarding and it really gave me kind of the wings that i needed at that moment to say okay you know my life looks a really different right now and i don't know what's going to happen with xiz i don't have this crystal ball of what's going to happen at the end of this but i know that i have to look at, at it as a gift i have to look at it as though this isn't happening to me, this is happening for me. And here I have these tools that, you know, I've got to be able to continue my job. I've got to be, be able to continue this creation that Gail and I have created over the last 15 years. And how am I going to do that? And so I finally had the tools and the support to just get refocused again. And it was an incredible change. Do you remember that, Gail? Oh my. I <laughs> Here we go.
1: Well, it went on for a while. So, and having, being on the outside too, this is really tough to be that supporter on the outside and not get emotionally involved with people you care about because I care about Erin. She's like family to me after all these years. But I think the key that is so important is to remember you don't have to go this alone. You do need friends. Sometimes you need a lot of friends because you need to Give a few people a rest if they've been talking about something this over and over again. You want that person to get it out, but you do need to have a lot of people to support you. So, especially if you're going through something difficult, it's good to just get it out, find somebody who's a good neutral ear, somebody who Won't take it in personally and won't get emotionally attached to the conversation because you have to move through the emotional part. And I say this often to some of my clients that it's important to remove the emotions from your decisions because you have to make hard decisions when you own a business or even if you're part of a business. But the most important thing is to remember that the quicker you can make the decision, the better. And the longer you're taking to make it, it's probably emotional.
0: I would agree. And, you know, back to the finding your focus again, I remember having those tools and it was just as simple as doing a Pomodoro in the morning and really blocking out my schedule in the morning because I know that that's my best time. If Gail and I are on the phone around three o'clock together with an idea, we don't know what's going to happen. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's probably not going anywhere until the next morning. But what I started doing is I just started with these tools, I started blocking out my morning for at least two hours, I guess it's called a power hour. So I was supposed to take the first 60 minutes of the day and just work on specific priorities, like really like a laser focused in a Pomodoro style where you work for 20 minutes. And then is it a 10 minute
1: break, breakout? Yeah. Well, you can do a 20, 10 or a 25, five or a 50 right. minute, 10 or a 55, five.
0: And what we found is that I actually needed two hours. I was an extreme case, apparently. So I needed a two-hour power hour to start my day. And I actually had a little sheet that I would fill out. And I think a lot of us do this anyways. You don't have to have a pretty worksheet to fill out, but you know, writing down the things that you the three things that you accomplished at the end of the day. Writing out the top three things that you need to work on the next day and then really using that focused time when you are fresh and you're creative and your brain is rested to work through kind of the hardest part of your day and things that need to get done. And that in itself, alongside Gail's encouragement, really did kickstart my focus during that time and kind of got me out of that frozen period.
1: Well, the other thing to think about is that if you're going through some of these difficult times and you have been hit by one of these major life experiences, then it does teach you some important lessons. And I think we should talk about some of those lessons that we could share with our listeners. because. You can't predict the future, but you can always be planning for a worst case scenario, which we have learned. And certainly I've been through many of these issues over the time. And this tells my age for sure, but 87, we had a stock market crash. In 1990, we had another period where the stock market was off for the more of the dot coms. And then we had nine eleven, and I had to lay off most of my staff at nine eleven. And then we started our business in 2008. It just keeps going. And the reality is we just have to accept we have these cycles and they happen every seven to 12 years. So why are we not planning for that in our business? And if you aren't planning for it, don't be the eternal optimist without having somebody on your team who can think about that worst case scenario.
0: Right. And You know, really thinking about worst case scenarios, not just having a plan A or a plan B, but really thinking through C and D. I know that in the last couple of months, we went like extreme, right? We went from here is this brand new, super special year that we have all these amazing goals and so many different ways that we're super pumped about to what if we absolutely don't get to do any of this and how are we going to still have a successful year? And so we kind of went from A to Z, but in between there, we had to look at, okay, well, best case scenario, plan B, best case scenario, plan C best case scenario, plan D. And overall, we're kind of checking those things on a weekly basis right now. But I would say that um, what has really helped us keep that vision strong is the work that we do in some of our annual meetings. And so what we do annually is is we prefer to do it in December. Occasionally it has to happen in January just based on our schedules. But we do a two-day annual planning session with our leadership team. And it is incredibly valuable because we look at the 10-year vision, we look at the three-year vision, and then we look at the one-year vision. And we go through and, you know, maybe the 10-year vision has adjusted a little bit from what we've learned in the last year. Maybe the three-year vision we've already accomplished three quarters of our three-year vision. And we need to readjust that to keep up with the changes. And I think that that structure that we've had in our business in the last couple of years, Gail, has really helped us through this time period of having to pivot and having to really look at what our worst case scenario is. Because our worst case scenario didn't feel so worst case, right? It still felt pretty grand. It still looked doable. and, And it looked like we could still survive it, right?
1: Well, interestingly, yes, I was surprised. And when I was looking at our numbers, I was stunned to find out that we're actually 26% ahead of last year. And that was in spite of us having a very slow second quarter this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we plan in 90-day segments and we manage that way. And so once you get that plan together, you have great intent to get all of those projects done. In fact, you commit to getting those projects done, but then you have something like the COVID hit and then you start realizing that you have to do 30 and 60 day plans because you don't know what's happening beyond that. So once you start getting to that point, then everything happens a lot faster. So what would you say about that, Erin?
0: Well, I think what a big game changer for me was when we started doing this, especially in the 90 day time periods, is it wasn't just looking because I can really drill down and get really analytical about projects. As long as I know why we're doing it, I can figure out how we're going to do it very easily. And so what helped, though, is that I wasn't drilling down in like this project, this project equals X amount of revenue, this project equals X amount of you know, industry support. It went back to that 10 year and three year vision of what kind of business are we building here? What kind of culture are we creating? And what do we need to do in the next 90 days to move towards that? And so then it took it from projects that, of course, we always all have projects and strategies and different things and all these moving parts and calendars that are full. you have no idea how we're going to get it all fit in. But it gave more purpose to me to why we were doing what we were doing. Because I knew that if we could get this project done in the next 90 days, it would be you know, another three things that we could check off the three-year vision goal. And so that really was profound for me as far as how we were talking about planning and how we were really setting up the strategy and vision of our business.
1: It's important to have that structure. And I know that for me, running the business, especially when you and I started this several years ago, the two of us would have these meetings, we'd make all the decisions. And I'll never forget when we first started this bigger structure that you and I were both nervous about having other people on the leadership team because we kind of liked making our own decisions.
0: (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, we're gonna have to like run this by other people? Like, what are you talking about? And now it's kind of this nice little like playing card that I have in my deck like, and angel will come to me with like this huge idea or I'll come to get with this huge idea. And I can always tell when the other person needs to think about it over the weekend or is kind of like, what the heck is she talking about? Cause I'll be like, well, that's awesome. Let's go ahead and put that on the uh, L10 agenda <laughs> and we'll, we'll chat about it then. And you can pitch it to the team. And then the, the great part about that is, is actually making us take our ideas and think them through. Mm-hmm it's not just an idea. Like We really have to understand the idea fully to be able to present it to other people to then decide if we're going to use it in our business. And that has really helped with our decision-making about making sound decisions as we move through some of these trying times.
1: One thing that we've learned recently, and I think it's been, this is a valuable piece of advice for people, is to think through the project that you're wanting to do whether you're the leader of the company or whether you're a member of the leadership team, if you have an idea for a project, it needs to be well thought through. You need to understand what's the benefit of doing this? What does successful look like? What are the things that you need to do to make this work? What happens if it doesn't work? And what if it is a raging success, which we all hope for? But we have to think it through before we just jump into things, because otherwise, we're going to divert the resources of the whole team to doing something that may or may not make sense at that particular time, or maybe not at all. So I think that's been very helpful for both of us to go through this process and encourage our team to do that and think through all the things that we're putting on our plate, because it's easy to start things, but it's not so easy to finish all the things you started. as Erin often reminds me, since she is the finisher on our team.
0: <laughs> oh, and I like to call Gail a triple threat quick start. She just can start things so quickly and she's masterful at it. And I, I see the value in that. But occasionally I have to say, oh my gosh, like as a finisher, like, please just give us a little bit of a breather here before you give us, why don't you go fill out that? idea filter. And um, will we finish this up before you present any more new ideas to us? It's kind of an ongoing joke. I admit about.
1: it. <laughs> <I'm guilty. laughs> I always have a lot of ideas and I have definitely hit you all with that three this year. And I have caught myself and I thought, gosh, but would I have done anything differently? And honestly, I would not do anything differently than what we did. And I did do the uh, those filter reports together and I brought those into the uh, leadership team. But I would say that it still makes you think about it. And I am aware that I do that. So being self-aware, I think it's a great attribute to have because as a leader, we are not perfect. I'd like to think right. we're perfect, but we're not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think just having an awareness about yourself and your purpose and uh, why you're doing things definitely helps you realize if maybe you're putting up some roadblocks for yourself that aren't really necessarily need to be there. I know occasionally I run into time periods where I'm talking to Gail about something, I'm talking to you and I'm like just like, you know, I end up getting frustrated about it. And Gail's like, okay, well, when you start getting frustrated and things start feeling not great, like this is usually a really great time for growth. Like that means you're growing into a, you know, you're ready for this, Erin. Like you're, you're putting up these roadblocks because even though you know that you can get there, it's like, you're trying to keep yourself from getting there. And I think that if we can have a consciousness and an awareness about that, it helps us identify what it is that's holding us back, even if it's just a simple thought that we're allowing to to go
1: through our heads. I think it's a perfection tendency, quite frankly. Yeah. And you have that, and I think I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I think that for a lot of us, we get stuck, and we don't make decisions, we get emotionally involved with those decisions, and we Delay them, thinking it's going to be a better decision when we need to just move forward. And then also, when we hit those stuck points, we should embrace those and be happy that we're getting those because it's saying, okay, great, there's something really good on the other side. So, if we can think of it that way, it's not so scary. And it actually is kind of fun to see what happens because we just did that on Friday. We were going through a project and we were both frustrated. We were having just one of those days, and it's rare where she and I are having these difficulties together at the same time, but I just said, okay, I'm just putting it on the table. We will work through this, and it's going to be fine, and we're going to do it today, and we did.
0: Yeah, we did. A little bit of kicking and screaming in the process, but we did. It's funny when Gil and I get to those points where I'm always like, Okay, well, that's fine. That that's your view and this is my view and I'm fine with not agreeing with your view and you not agreeing with my view. And so what else productive could we do during this time together? And so we'll go work on something else and then eventually our conversation gets back to it. And we are able to work through mm-hmm. work through it. But that's just working as a team and and having trust in each other that we we can figure it out. We will figure it out. But you know, I definitely would say back to the crystal ball like if we I feel like the crystal ball it would be so nice to have. And god, I mean I wish I had a crystal ball on a lot of different things in my life right now. Trust me, but like I I think about what really has helped us move through the times of the unknowns. And for sure what we've just talked about the structure of our business and the the structure of our team and how the there is such a, we're built on such a strong foundation there. I feel like gosh, we could go through anything and still come out okay. Mm-hmm. Because we have that bigger vision that gives us that positive outlook, gives us that like kind of light at the end of the tunnel that just keeps sparkling that Gail and I are just so you know vigilant on moving towards and making sure that we get to at the end of the
1: day on these hard days. Mm-hmm. So it's really about those short-term plans and the long-term vision, just having both of those at the same time. And then also those other things that have to be put in place, like having cash reserves and contingency plans and worst-case scenarios that are fleshed out because maybe you won't go there, but at least you need to look at it and say, well, could we survive that? Well, of course we can. We will survive all of this. It's just we don't know what it's going to look like, but we can start working towards something. I think the real key for me and what has been important for these last couple of months is just being very forward moving, starting to make decisions that will move the business forward and just going toward massive movement and massive action toward that goal.
0: Right. Not getting stuck in the mud, but just moving Mm -hmm. through it. Right. Like we still have moments where we get stuck. And that's when we know that we're on the verge of something amazing, that like a decision is just on the very near horizon for us. And we've been working so long together that we, we do know that about ourselves. And we are kind of the yin and yang as far as reminding each other of that um, when we get to that point. And, And, but it still is frustrating and we still get stuck. But I think just always finding a way to take massive action and to continue to move through it, and also finding ways to encourage our team and keep them up to speed with what we're doing, why we're doing it, to keep them moving along as well. So I would say probably on almost every meeting I have with our team members, whether it's a one-on-one meeting or it's a group meeting, one of my first questions is, what do you need help with? What roadblocks are you running into? How can I help? Because if I can help them remove those roadblocks and, and, or answer those questions or bring clarity to what they're trying to work through, they're golden. They're good to go. They're, they're ready to, to run, run wild <laughs> the next week and really tackle a lot of great projects for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the attributes of what it takes to get through difficult times when you don't have a crystal ball. So what are a couple of the ones that you think are most important?
0: So I think two of the main ones for me is determination and staying positive. And, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And it would be very easy to get distracted and, and down. It's so easy right now. There's so many things, you know, pandemics, there's riots, there's, there's so many things that are happening. And it's so easy. It would be so easy to focus on that right? To just to get down about it. And yes, I'm not saying that our focus should not be on those things. We definitely need to have an awareness and support those things that are happening, but we can still do that with a positive mindset, right? I think if you can find ways to stay positive in the day, whether you have the biggest pain in the rear client or someone that's you know, not returning your calls and, and you're just frustrated, finding a way to be optimistic and positive with that And having the determination to really grit down and find that answer, I think, is really important as far as as just some attributes that have helped me during frustrating times or challenging times.
1: Well, you mentioned the word grit, and grit is one of the words that I think is so important because you have to be able to handle difficult things. Things do not always go perfectly. In fact, rarely do they go perfectly. That's just life. And that is one step of just having that ability to say, okay, I'm going to dig in. I will do it no matter what. And then also having the courage to do things that maybe have not ever been done before. Maybe you haven't mapped it out before. And maybe it's a little bit scary. And scary is actually good. I think it's one of the best things you can do is make yourself do things that scare you because then you grow from that and you are a better person every time you push yourself beyond what you think you can do
0: right so i'm not saying that we don't run into these times but you know, as leaders of our company i don't even realize it sometimes that we are Courageous. We are definitely showing up and being courageous every single day. We've got to be able to paint that picture for our team and say, "Come on, guys! Like, let's do this. This is what we're going to do. Remember, this is our vision. This is the culture that we've created." And I'm not saying that it's a perfect mural over here at Gale W Coaching and Consulting every single day. There's days that we do get stuck. We don't know the answers. We've got we're big percolators, so we've got to like talk about an idea on a Friday and try to make a decision by a Monday because so we think about it throughout the weekend. And there's even times that you know Gail and I don't necessarily agree on everything and we just need to take a breather and come back to it. But we always do find a solution. But I think that showing up as courageous leaders are is just such an important part of what we do and and like I said I think sometimes we're unconsciously competent at it, right? Like we're we're doing that and we don't even realize that we're doing it. But it's what our team expects of us and it is Gail's name on the door at the end of the day. And we've got to make sure that everything coming out of our company is positive, is creative, is forward thinking, that we're moving through these times instead of just getting stuck in these times.
1: The other thing I think is important right now is a lot of confidence. We must have confidence that we can make the decisions that are necessary and also that we can solve the problems that are coming our way. For example, we had a lot of clients that were struggling emotionally at the very beginning of COVID and we decided to do 12 calls instead of four calls in a row with them. And so that made a big difference. And we talked about How do you deal with getting your payroll protection plan loans or your EIDL loans? And I think it's important to be looking at every single situation you have. If there is a problem that you can't solve at that moment, get help from somebody else and then come back at it with a fresh eye and just think about how you can solve the problem, but not worry about making sure it happens on a timeframe because sometimes it just cannot happen immediately and just let it go, and then go get some help, and then come back and tackle it again. You will figure it out.
0: Right. And I think also emotional control is a huge attribute to working through trying times. I know you've mentioned not making decisions emotionally. And occasionally, even in my personal life, I have to take a minute and I have to go, okay, this is just a business deal. Like, Just don't think about all the emotions that go into this or what could have happened or what happened in the past or what how it could have been. Like Just what's in front of you right now that you need to decide on? And it makes it so much easier. And later, you can journal about your emotions about that, or you can take a walk or take a meditation that really helps you work through those emotions. But when you can be emotionally controlled and not just be flying off the handle with your employees if you're upset, um, that you're able to create more learning moments as they make mistakes. You want your employees to make mistakes. I would not be working with Gail for 15 years. I would not be with Gail in this capacity if she didn't allow me to make mistakes. But also that has taken emotional control on Gail's end. To be able to be that mentor and to be able to be that leader in our company that I can tell when she's irritated about something or I know if I haven't done something that is the Gail Debbie way or the way I know it should have gone. And I can go back and I can fix that. But I also feel like with Gail's emotional control that she has over herself, she's not going to fly off the handle at me if I do something wrong. I'm going to own it and I'm going to fix it. And I think we have the trust between each other that you know that's
1: going to happen as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's an interesting time for sure. And I think that I would like us to leave our listeners with three ideas and a couple of these we didn't necessarily talk about, but I want to take these out of the ideas that we did discuss and stretch you a little bit further. So one of these would be to have big, hairy, audacious goals or what we call BHAGs. And if you have some big goals, even if it's just a 90-day goal, have something that you're shooting for that's really positive that would move your company forward. Just make sure that you're focusing on that first. Second, just remember that the faster you make the decisions, the better it's going to be. Because if you're not making decisions, you have an emotional attachment to the reason you're not making that decision. So just get it done and move on. You'll deal with the aftermath afterward. And then the third thing that I think is so important to think about is that some of the small things that we're focusing on today are really not the most important. But if we can focus on doing some major thinking and really make some big moves in our businesses, we'll notice that there's a huge ripple effect. And one of the things that we like to see is that when our clients are successful, one of the most exciting things to see for them is that they start looking at that higher level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and they're looking at that self-actualization, and they're doing incredible things across the world, in their communities, in their teams, and it's what we call the ripple effect. They are at a point in their lives where they are beyond just thinking about day-to-day, they're thinking about their bigger impact and their purpose in life, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, that
0: ripple effect is really crazy. I remember looking at different images when we first started our business scale, and it was that that ripple effect of the drop of water going in and rippling out. And every time we talk about that ripple effect of what our clients are doing for their communities, for their teams, and for their world, and how we are actually in that center of the ripple effect with them, it's pretty amazing. And I would just also add on, I I guess we've been doing the three takeaways, but I do have a fourth is you know, just being confident, not just in your goals, but being confident in the moment. Um, I was watching a show the other day that this coach was talking to one of his players. He said, what are you thinking about? Like, it feels like you're not here right now. And he's like, well, I'm thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing in five minutes. And he's like, no, you need to be thinking about what's happening right now and have the confidence that you're great right now. You know, just making sure that you're keeping that confidence in the moment when you're doing things as well. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next podcast. Gail, always a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk with you guys soon.